Okay, hello besties. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Life Gets Weird. If you're new here, welcome. We would love to have you in our little cult of depressed people. So I do have a major announcement. Uh, first things first, you know, I was in a show and some of you may know I filmed it in January and it's finally out. It's called Nature's Calling. It's on planetswoo.co. It's on ITV Hub. It's on YouTube. The links are on my socials. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Is that what it's called? Yeah, in the show notes. So just thought I'd let you know that that's out now. I feel like such an asshole because I have been speaking about it for the longest time and like not fucking saying like when it's out or what it is, but everything's out now. It's all out in the open and I am so proud of it. And that's kind of what this episode is going to be about because I have been really struggling with the idea of being proud of myself. And that might sound weird to begin with, but bear with me. So for this show, there have been billboards around London with my fucking face on it. And that is absolutely insane to me. Absolutely insane to me. Because this time last year, I was, what was I doing? We were in the middle of a lockdown or maybe we just came out of a lockdown. I was studying for my exams at uni. I was crying all the time. I felt like I had no one in my life that like, just was there for me which like wasn't true but I was just in such a dark place and so consumed by everything that like I couldn't see clearly and I was thinking like there is this thing of like rose tinted glasses right like everybody's heard that phrase before and it's like seeing things for better than they are but I feel like depression is the complete opposite of that and like you see things for what they're not but like in the worst way as opposed to like rose tinted glasses seeing everything in such a good light and seeing like the best in people and seeing the best in the world it's like, if you're depressed, you have like blue tinted glasses. I don't know if that's a thing. Not like blue light glasses, not protecting your eyes from your laptop screen. I need to invest in a pair of those. But everything just seems so much darker than it actually is. And I just cannot believe that now, a year later, I'm doing better mentally. I'm on antidepressants. Like, I have a job and I'm on a fucking billboard. Holy shit. And I went to see this billboard and my first thought was, I hope everyone else is proud of me. And I don't know, it's like, I get it because sometimes you really do want people to be proud of you. You need somebody else to say it so you can hear it in a voice that isn't your own. I completely get that. We're all human. We all seek validation. I hate when people are like, don't do that. Well, we do. So here we are. And what do you want me to do about it? You know, but it's like sometimes it just is really fucking difficult to be proud of yourself. And I spoke about this on TikTok and like, I really just had to take a step back and be like, I cannot spend the rest of my life waiting for everybody else to be proud of me if I'm not gonna be proud for me first and foremost, you know? Like I'm on a billboard, like I'm in a show, I did that. A year ago, I would have never imagined my life being that way. I didn't ever picture social media as a question for a career for me. Like I never ever, ever thought of that I was always the girl who was like I'm going to law school I'm gonna be a human rights barrister like that is the plan the only plan there is no plan b like that is what I want and that is not what my life gave me and I feel like it's really easy to block 
opportunities and block things that are good for you when you have this tunnel vision view of what your life should be. And I definitely had that for a really long time. I definitely didn't give myself a chance to explore other avenues in life because I was so set on one path, one path that I had wanted my entire life. And I do feel really lucky that I always knew what I wanted, but it's crazy that it wasn't what ended up being what was best for me. And I say all the time, like, I never know. I might go back to uni. I might go and get my law degree. Who fucking knows what would happen? You know, I didn't think I'd be on a fucking show. But as of right now, like, that's not that's not what's meant for me. And I really feel that now. I really feel like everything that happened last year, all the pain, all the tears, the fighting with myself about what the correct thing to do was, whether I should stay at uni and suffer and be miserable just for the validation that I was seeking from everybody else or if I should just take a chance on myself and try and figure things out. Because I did say to myself the day I dropped out, I was like, you have a year to figure your shit out. You have a fucking year. And if you do not figure this shit out, you are going straight back to uni. That was the deal I made with myself. And that was the deal I made with my parents. I said to them, I was like, listen, I'm so sorry. I know that you have always wanted the best for me. And I know that a law degree did look like the best for me. But I physically, mentally, like on all levels, could not go back to uni after lockdown. I just couldn't. And I knew I couldn't. And so I said to them, I was like, listen, if in a year's time, I have done absolutely nothing in my life to show you that I am trying to figure this shit show out, then either like I'll go back to uni or you have every single right to kick me out of your house. You know, like I live with my parents, like they pay the rent, they pay the bills, they deserve me to try. And I felt like I couldn't try to be the best version of myself if I was in an institution that I absolutely hated because I wasn't ever going to become the best version of myself there. You know, like I really didn't like my actual university. I loved my degree. I didn't like my university. And so I feel like if I went back there, I would never have been able to reach the full potential of like what I feel like I'm reaching now. Um and they deserve that. Like, that's the bare fucking minimum my parents deserve, especially when I'm still living with them when I'm nearly 24, which is like no big deal, by the way. I know some people are like, you really should have moved out now you're 20, like nearly 24. Bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, I do not need to move out anytime soon. Literally, if I want to live with my parents till I'm 30, then so be it, okay? Like, they're my besties. We just chill. We eat popcorn. We watch films. We're vibing, okay? Like, that is the deal. But um, yeah, and so I think what I'm trying to say is that this whole year has been crazy. It's been fucking crazy. Um, and I don't think I've ever given myself a second to like reflect on everything I've done because there are so many opportunities that have come about since I dropped out of uni that would never have been things that I could have ever accepted if I was still a student. Like I just wouldn't have had the time to commit to those obligations. And like in January, we spent a week filming Nature's Calling. Like I never would have been able to do that if I was still studying law because you have your law exams at the beginning of January and they are fucking hard. Like you need to study for them. Like I could not be in a countryside in Wales filming a show for ITV if I was a law student, you know? And there are events that I've been invited to and like people I've met through social media who I would have never been able to interact with or events I would have never been able to go to if I was still at uni because I obviously didn't live in London. And even when I did live back home with my parents and I was commuting to uni every day, like I just didn't have the fucking time. I used to wake up at like 6 a.m., work out, get on the train to uni, do a full day of uni. I'd be back home by like 9 p.m. and do the same shit every single day. Like there was no time for me to even 
exist. And like, I get it. Like uni is something that people do. It's not something that everybody does. It's not something that everybody needs to do, but people do it and they get through it. And, you know, I, I like to think of myself as an ever evolving person. And I remember when I was applying for uni and there were people in my class or people I knew who just weren't applying to uni. And I was so confused. I was like, what do you mean you're not applying for uni? Like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't understand this whole like uni isn't for everybody mindset because that was never something that was ingrained into me. Like my whole life, I was setting myself up to go to uni. That's what it was. And I felt like the only way I could ever be proud of myself is if I received all this academic validation. I was just such a fucking nerd at the end of the day. Like I just wanted to be the smartest in everything. I just wanted to be the best lawyer. I wanted to be the best student. I wanted to be the best daughter. And I think that now that I technically like work for myself, besides my actual job, like where I go into an office for nine hours a day, um, my like social media job, well, they're both in social media. This is so complicated to explain. Like my so my private social media, like my TikTok, my Instagram, things that I get brand deals for that are just me rather than me being in the office. I don't have a management. I don't have an agent. I don't have any of that shit. Like I do everything myself. If I ever need help with anything, I ask my dad to read my contracts. Like that is the extent of the help I have. And I think because I'm seeing it all, like I'm seeing the process of everything that I'm doing, it's allowed me to really be consumed by it all if that makes sense like I am just so go 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 like so fast paced now because I'm either like planning a brand deal or emailing people about brands and like figuring out how I'm gonna do this and you know there's like so much behind the scenes and I love it I love it so fucking much like best job in the world literally but I think because it's so fast paced I didn't really give myself time to like sit back and be like okay cool Mary this is really fucking great like, this is something that you should be proud of because I was just so in it. You know, you don't really take time to step back and actually analyze everything that you've done in this life. And so when I saw myself on a billboard and my first response was like, I hope everybody else is proud of me. I I was bummed. I'll be real with you. I was so bummed because I hated that that was my first response. Like, this is an incredible thing. This is so incredible. And like a year ago, I would have never, ever even fucking imagined that that would be a thing. And it happened. And I did it. And I put in the work. And I should be so fucking proud of myself. And I hate that my first response was like, I hope everybody else is proud of me. Because like, why does that even fucking matter? Like, yeah, I want to make my parents proud. Yeah, I want to make my friends proud. But like, is it worth it if I'm not proud of me? Like, is it actually worth it? And I think that upon reflection, I realized that the reason that I find it so difficult to be proud of myself in moments when I really should be proud of myself is because I see myself as this like work in progress that isn't quite finished yet. And I think the romanticized version in my head is like, well, I'll be proud of myself when the masterpiece is complete. But like the masterpiece is not going to be complete. It's never going to be complete because that's how life works. We are all a work in progress. And if ever the masterpiece is completed, that's going to be the day I took my last breath. That's going to be the day where my life came to the end that it needed to be. And I did everything I could to become the best version of myself. And then it's going to be way too fucking late to be proud of myself. It's going to be way too late to celebrate myself the way I deserve. It's going to be way too late to seek the pride that I seeked, sought. What's the word? Um... 
suck. See, I don't even fucking know. It's going to be way too late for me to look for the pride that I looked for from everybody else in the moments when I should have been the one rooting for me more than anybody else because I'm the one who took the chance on me. I'm the one who set myself up for this. And I think it's really easy to also look back and be like, I'm so undeserving of this because I did X in my past or I did Y in my past or whatever. I do not think that anything you've ever done in your life makes you unworthy of being proud of yourself and proud of the person that you're becoming because you are evolving into who you want to be. And that means you make mistakes. That means that you do things that maybe you wouldn't do today, but it's part of your story. It's part of everything that led you to the moment that you're in. And I think for me, sometimes I feel really undeserving of things because I don't know, I... I always feel that I have no reason to be sad, you know, and I know that comes from people telling me that and, you know, whatever you tell kids, it really does stick with them. And I was depressed from a young age. Like, this is not a new revelation. Like, I have always been depressed, basically. I cannot remember a time I wasn't depressed. And adults would always say to me, like, you have nothing to be depressed about. Like, you have nothing to be sad about. You have nothing to be crying about. You have a roof over your head. You have food on your table. Like, you know, all these things. And like, yeah, I get it. I understand the privilege that having a roof over your head and having food on your table holds. And I think it's really fucking sad that that is a privilege. Like, that should be a basic human right. But I do think that the comparison of pain is something you should never ingrain into somebody else. You should never tell someone that they can't feel what they feel because it's not as bad as someone else. I've said it before, I will always say it again. I can be drowning in a puddle and somebody else could be drowning in the sea. We're both still drowning. It's not a battle of who's drowning the fastest or who's drowning the most. Both people are still drowning. Both people are still struggling and I think being told a lot that like I have nothing to be sad about kind of always made me f compress my feelings in even when they were good, you know, like even when I was happy about things, I'd always just say to myself like, okay, well, fucking calm down. Like it's not that good, you know? And so I think when I do things that are amazing, objectively, they are so fucking cool. And if anybody else in my life did them, I would jump up on them and scream and congratulate them and tell them how proud of them I am. But for some reason, when it's me, I don't have that same energy. And I need to have that same energy with myself because I've seen what I've been through. You know, I'm the one who's seen it all. If anyone's going to be proud of me, it needs to be me. I'm the only one who gets it. And so... When I seek pride in other people and I get pissed that people didn't even fucking notice that I was working my ass off, that has nothing to do with them, you know? That has nothing to do with them. It has absolutely everything to do with me because it's a feeling that I'm not expressing, but I'm seeking in everybody else. And it's a sad reality and it's a sad and harsh truth, but they don't owe me pride. They don't owe me love. Nobody owes me that, you know? I have had people in my life that I have wanted to love me so bad, so fucking bad, and they just never will. And you cannot make someone love you in the same way that you cannot make someone be proud of you. And I need 
to learn to flip that on myself. I need to be the one who loves me and is proud of me the most because as I said, I'm the one that fucking gets it. I'm the one who was there every step of the journey. So if anybody's going to be proud of you, it needs to be you because you're the only one who experienced it. People won't understand the extent of what you've been through and the extent of what you've done and how many times you had to remind yourself that you are that bitch and the amount of times that you had to tell yourself that you can do this. The days where breathing felt like a fucking struggle and the days that the world felt like it was constantly coming in on you, you were the one that was there for you. Even if you didn't want to be, it was you. At the end of the day, you walk alone, you die alone, you're born alone, whatever. That's how it is. I don't know what the fuck that accent was, but it does mean that you are the only person who sees everything that you do. And I don't know, I know, at least for me, that there have been some real dark days. There have been days where I really didn't think waking up was worth it. And to then do these amazing things and feel myself succeeding and reaching so many goals and then to feel like I need everyone else to be proud of me fucking sucks. Like, I'm proud of me. I'm so proud of me. And you know, I am. I am. And I have a really small circle. And I think that I think that having a really small circle can sometimes make it feel like nobody cares. And hear me out here, because this needs an explanation. I know that my small circle care. I know they do. They tell me that they do. And I love them to pieces. And I wouldn't have it any other way. But I think when you see other people have so many people in their corner, it makes you feel a bit like, well, why don't I have that many people rooting for me? And I think for me, it stems a lot from like having a small family too. You know, it's just my parents, like neither of them have any any family that I know. And everything growing up was very much just me and them. And I loved it. I loved it that way. And the same way that I love my small friendship group, like I really do prefer having small groups because big groups just give me so much anxiety. I've been there. I've done the whole like 12 girl friendship thing. Not my vibe. Not cool. Like absolutely fucking despised it. I'm just way too anxious for it. But I would always get people telling me like, oh, like I did this and you know, my nan, my granddad, my seven million cousins, my aunts, my uncles, like they all came around and threw me a party and like told me how amazing I was. And I was just kind of like, oh, that seems cool. Um, Yeah, never experienced that before. Fun. And I think it's the same with friendship. You know, you do compare your life to everybody else's and it fucking sucks. But like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, people can tell you not to compare yourself, but you're going to do it. It's human. Like, we are who we are. We live in an age where comparison is everything. Capitalism feeds off comparison. Social media succeeds from comparison. Like everything works because of comparison and it's awful. It is. And every day you can only try to not compare yourself. But, you know, there will always be that part of you that does. And I don't know, maybe that's me being a pessimist. And if you don't think that's the case, then like good for you. Honestly, like that might sound sarcastic, but I'm being deadly serious. Like good for you because I actually strive to be like that. Like I wish that I didn't think that I would always compare myself to people, but I do. And even like things that are so trivial, like so fucking trivial, like someone ran a mile longer than me and I'm like, oh, 
God, why can't I do that? And I take it out on me. Like, it has absolutely fucking nothing to do with me. And I think this is, like, such a big theme in this episode. Like, things that other people do have nothing to do with you. It's not even, like, a solipsism kind of thing. It's not, like, a philosophical thing. It's not that I think that you should, like, walk through this earth and just ignore everyone and, like, only care about yourself. Of course not. But I do think that everybody else is going through their own things and everybody is the way they are because of things that we either don't understand or don't know. And so how they react is not an accurate representation of what we did, you know? And with the whole pride thing, like, I really do feel like we're a generation of people who lack communication skills and... I, this might sound like a bit of a tangent, but bear with me. I was thinking the other day, the phrase gaslight, you know, girl boss gaslight, gatekeep, whatever, whatever order it's in. The phrase gaslight is relatively new. You know, it's become a big TikTok, Instagram, Twitter thing, like gaslighting. Um, and it is a serious thing. Like it, it's something that people shouldn't have to experience. But I do think that it comes from like this lack of communication in some regards. I know that there are extreme levels of gaslighting. Like, please do not consider that what I'm talking about. But I think sometimes, let me give an example. So say, for example, I like I get really upset about something. And someone's like, oh, why are you upset? And I'm like, oh, I just feel like you don't like me, like as a person. Uh, you don't like me as a friend. And said friend turns around and is like, oh, you're just being so in your own head about it. And like, you know, you're, you're always like this. You're so emotional. And then I'm like, OK, they're, they're gaslighting me. Like I am my emotions are valid. I'm allowed to feel what I want to feel and what I do feel. But also I feel like that comes from a lack of communication. It comes from people not showing their true emotions towards you. And I think that you should show everybody that you love, love in whatever your love language is, you know, because they'll get it. Like my love language is gift giving and like my friends get it. Like I just give people gifts whenever I'm like, I fucking love you so much. And I think that if you tell the people in your life or show the people in your life that you love them, then that sort of situation where the lack of communication ends up being a gaslighting situation uh, quote unquote gaslighting because I think actual gaslighting is a lot more serious than situations like that um, but like that wouldn't happen you know and like if you just fucking told your friends you were proud of them sorry that was so passionate um, yeah I'm a bit heated I'm a bit heated but I don't know I just think like it's not that difficult you know like people learn like okay as kids, we learn things through actions, right? Like we see our parents do something and we think that's what we need to do. Like you don't, as a parent, you don't put a fork in a switch because you don't want your kid to do that. And I think that carries on into adulthood. I think that one of the big reasons why you seek people telling you that they're proud of you or that they love you is because it confirms that that's what you should feel. It confirms that those are emotions that are completely valid to the situation that you're in. And sometimes you genuinely just need to hear someone else say it at the end of the day. Like, that's all I'm trying to say here. Sometimes you need someone else to say it. But I'm also trying to say that, like, you also need to be the proudest person of yourself. 
And I don't care if that means that you have to stand in front of a mirror and tell yourself you're proud of yourself 10 times a day. Fucking do it because you need to be proud of yourself. Because ever since, ever since the other day when I saw myself on a billboard and like my first response wasn't, I'm so proud of myself, the work had to begin. Okay, we're putting in the work now because that is unacceptable. I needed to be the proudest person in the world in that moment. And I wasn't. And that fucking sucks. Because now, I, now I've now i like spent a couple of days thinking about it and it's been a whirlwind of a week, but I'm really proud of myself. I'm really proud of myself. And I hate that that wasn't my immediate reaction. That fucking sucks. That fucking sucks. Anyway, oh my God, wait guys. I was literally thinking to myself, I was like, hmm, what should I talk about next? I'm fucking going to New York next week. Literally four days. Four days, baby. New York City. Me and the Big Apple. Ah, I'm Mr. Me and Lady Liberty. That's my girlfriend. Anyway, <laughs> I cannot wait to be back in New York. Like, I am so fucking pumped. I wasn't an online person when I went to New York. I do have pictures on my Instagram of when I was last in New York. But, um, like, I didn't do TikTok. I didn't do YouTube. I didn't have a podcast. I didn't do the whole social media thing. And I made a shit ton of podcasts in lockdown. Nope. I made a shit ton of TikToks in lockdown talking about how much I fucking love New York and how much I belong there and how much I want to live there and like that's my dream city and I miss it so much and I would always get comments like go back then and I was like babe we're in the middle of a lockdown did are we not watching the news like what's going on here uh, we are in the middle of a lockdown and someone actually commented on my video the other day and was like don't you go on holiday every two weeks bitch what the fuck I didn't go on holiday for two and a half years. I respected the fuck out of those travel rules. Like, I did not go to Dubai illegally. I did not, you know, I just, I just didn't travel during the lockdowns. That just, I didn't do it. And so I would just like to clear that up because I know that within the past two months, I've gone to Barcelona and Amsterdam and next week I'm going to New York. This has been very much post-lockdown and I did not travel once the second lockdown began. I think the last time I was on a plane before I went to Amsterdam was February of 2020. So bear that one in mind before you start commenting on my videos like, and don't you go on holidays every two weeks? No, babes. I follow the law. I'm a woman of the law, but I'm also a law dropout. So take from that what you will. Anyway, um, yeah, so I always used to make content talking about how much I love New York. And I truly fucking love that place. And I'm going back. And I'm so, so pumped. I'm going to be there in four days. Four fucking days. That's so close. I can taste it. Um, there are so many things that I want to buy. Because I feel like... I know Americans always, like, talk about how their, like, food and shit isn't regulated and it's just filled with sugar. But, like, the healthy food there slaps. Like, fucking slaps. You guys have sweet green first and foremost. I will never experience salad like sweet green. Never. Never. That, mm, 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 mm. Those salads, they are handmade by God. She did a, she did a number with sweet green. Um, also, I'm really excited to try Celsius, that energy drink that like everybody on TikTok drinks. I am so pumped to try it. I don't even know if it was like a hype thing when I was there. But I only discovered it during lockdown and I am so flipping excited to try it. I'm going to like have it every single day before every workout and also recess that like adaptogen drink. Um, I think it has CBD in it as well. I love me some CBD. Um, what, I've actually made a list. I'm going to buy all my melatonin, um, 
send that back to myself because we can't get melatonin here, RIP. And I'm gonna go back to Trader Joe's and I'm gonna go to Y7 Yoga, which is my absolute favorite fucking workout in the world. I love it so much. Um, yeah, I'm just so, so excited. I've got so many things I wanna do and I'm only there for eight days. I wanna go to Aritzia, I wanna do it all. Um, but no, I'm I'm just so excited to feel like at home again. I, oh God, I love it so much. Uh, because the last time I was there was really where this all began for me. I remember I was sat on, I was sat like, actually, what? Actually, I had two separate like moments whilst I was in New York that really ingrained that my life wasn't going in the way that I was planning for it to go. Um, one of them was in Brooklyn Bridge Park and the other one was on the Hudson River Pier. And I don't know which pier, that's why I just said the pier, I can't remember. But both times I just kind of sobbed. Like, I just sat there and sobbed. Um, I just knew in those moments that, like, uni wasn't what I thought it would be. And it was when I was in New York that I actually decided to leave my uni accommodation and put all my stuff back home and commute every day, which actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Very fucking weird. But, like, two weeks later, we went into lockdown and I didn't have to move all my stuff out and I wasn't paying rent for a room that I wasn't in. I don't know. That was a very, very weird luck situation. Um, But yeah, whilst I was in New York, I was like, I'm such a city girl. Like, I'm such a fucking city girl. I cannot go back to the farms. I cannot go back to the countryside where my uni was. So I immediately emailed my my uni and was like, I'm moving out. Um, And then... When I was in Brooklyn Bridge Park, I was just like actually sobbing my eyes out. And I was there at like sunrise. I was about to take a um, two, no, not two hours, a 90 minute soul cycle class on New Year's Day. And it was like 6 a.m. The sun was coming up. The sky was like a purple color. And I just felt alive for the first time in so many years. And I was like, I want this feeling every single day. And both of those kind of put in my mind that I just like had this plan for myself that was kind of crumbling before my eyes. But because it was the plan I had, I was doing everything I could to hold it together, even though it was literally crumbling. And I think it's really important to remember that like when you have a plan for yourself and you don't let go of it in order to grow, you never really get to see who you were meant to be because like my plan for myself was to become a lawyer. Like that was it, there was no other plan. And if I had just stuck with it because that was the plan, one, I would probably not be speaking on this podcast right now. Two, I definitely wouldn't have my face on billboards all across London. Three, I'd probably be a miserable bitch. Mm-hmm. Because I was, I was going through it, I was. I was really going through it. And I just held on because I was like, this is the plan. And I told everyone that was a plan ever since I was a kid. Everyone knew. It was like, Mary's becoming a lawyer. That's that's it. And so I think to that, it's like, you don't want to ruin the plan and you don't want to let go of the plan because it's your plan. You know, it's comfortable there. You've thought about it. You've given it time. It's scary to jump out of that plan. It's scary to jump out of something that you've set yourself up for. But also another part of it is like, I announced my plan to the world and now the world expects it to happen and I can't give it to them. 
And I think with that comes a little bit of shame, which sucks, but that's definitely what I felt. I was like, yeah, I've, I've let everyone down and I've embarrassed myself because I didn't need to say that I wanted to be a lawyer. I didn't ever have to say that. I mean, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but, you know, five-year-old me wasn't going to be able to know that. Um, and literally, like, that's how long I wanted to be a lawyer for. Like, five-year-old me was talking about it. But I've kind of adopted this new mentality of, like, fuck the plan. Fuck having plans. In my everyday life, I have a plan. Every single day, yeah, yeah, yeah. My schedule, my diary, plan the fuck out. I will go insane if that shit's not planned out. Like, by the fucking hour. Yeah, I'm a Virgo. Duh. Anyway, um, but in terms of, like, life, it just... It doesn't seem worth planning to me. I think what will happen will happen, whether I plan for it or not. And so I just let it be. I'm just going to let it slide. I'm going to ride the wave, baby. I'm going to ride the fucking wave. Because this shit right here was not part of my plan. And it turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me. So from now on, I don't have a plan for life. I don't have a five-year plan. I don't know where I'm going to be in five years. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I... Yeah, literally head empty when it comes to five-year plans. And I finally feel free. I finally feel like I'm not living up to anybody else's expectations of me because I don't even have expectations of me. I just want to wake up every day and love what I'm doing and be okay with not knowing how it's going to end up. And it's scary. Of course it's scary. The whole fucking experience of life is scary. But I think the uncertainty of life is actually the one constant in life. I think the fact that we absolutely never know what's going to happen, even if you do plan for it, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you really don't. And I think that's the only constant in our life. And so I think in a weird way, the fact that the only constant in life is uncertainty makes not having a plan feel a lot less scary. Because... I know that even if I did plan, if I did stress myself out, if I did lose sleep over it, I'm still not going to know what's going to happen. I'm still not going to be able to predict where my life's going. So I might as well just enjoy the fucking ride. I don't know. But yeah, on that note, I'll leave this podcast here. Because honestly, I've been talking out of my ass for the past half an hour. But I love you guys so much. Please go and watch Nature's Calling if you haven't already. I would really appreciate it. I really fucking want a season two. I loved filming it so much. I filmed it with Tom, who you may know as Nico B. And we just got on so well. And I would love to be back on set with him again and learn so much about myself. I was really vulnerable at the end of the show, like the last episode more specifically. Um, and I... Don't think I've ever been that vulnerable about my body issues ever, um, especially not in front of a camera. So that show is a piece of art that I hold really close to my heart and I loved it so much. And yeah, I would really love it if you would go and watch it. I'll put the link in the show notes, as I said, to anyone who has watched it and to everyone that sent me messages and told me how, what they thought of the show. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Like this wouldn't have fucking happened without any of you. Um, and I cannot emphasize that enough. My life changed because of you guys. And I owe you absolutely everything for that. And I don't even think there is enough in the world for me to give back to you to say thank you. But I can start by producing the best, most authentic, 
content I have to offer. And I think Nature's Calling is a product of that. I think I was just so openly vulnerable, so open to doing new things, so ready to be this new version of myself, this new working progress, this part of my life that I'm willing to take a chance on myself and whatever may happen. So yeah, that's that's it. I'll speak to you when I'm back from New York. That was awful. I can't do a New York accent, but I want to I want to have one so I can be like it's brick out. I I fucking love that New Yorkers say that. Oh, where's my New York boyfriend? Bye.